0: Put that content down. Content for closers only. What's your name? Content. That's my name. (laughs) You know why, Mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name.
1: Content is for closers.
0: All right. We're back with another episode. We've got Josh Breeze, And let me tell you, the haters are out. They're furious right now because we're recording this and they're out in full force. Everyone, everyone was strategizing against us, even our own technology to make this conversation happen. This, that must mean it's going to be a good one, Josh. I sure hope so, man. It's been a, it's been a hell of a 20 minutes that we've been going through here, but (laughs) no, all good, bro. Riverside, I'm calling you out. You guys are going gone against us. Zoom you were all about him, too. You
1: even were giving him props to other people, he said.
0: Earlier today. I regret it. I take it back. Those of you who are listening, I take it back. But thanks for your patience. Thanks for doing this, Josh. We have a lot to get into, a lot of important things to get into. But before we do, I need to ask you, you just attended, I guess, 10 days ago now, the the Waste Management. That's the only sporting event, thankfully, that happened on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll talk about that too. There's a
1: big eagle in the room that we need to address. wow.
0: Just coming in hot. Listen, I've had a a tough 20 minutes. But anyway, how was it? Oh, oh, it was
1: fantastic. We went out on Friday. It was 75 degrees, sunny, everything that we won in Arizona for golf, for all of the tourists that were here for the Super Bowl, obviously. But uh, no, it was fantastic. We had a great time, met a couple of vendors, got to hang out with a lot of people, showed some individuals that were with us that were there for the first time as well just to kind of show cool. them what waste management's all about and give them the festivities firsthand. So,
0: no, it was fantastic, man. I appreciate you asking. I bet. And did you go as a team, the Freight Vana crew?
1: Yeah, we kind of split it up. So, a couple of us were, they were on 16 in the stadium kind of experiencing that. A couple of us were behind cool. 18 green. But yeah, we all kind of separated and, but we went as a group. Yeah.
0: Nice. That's awesome. That's one yeah. of the things I love about the way you, and you talked about it a little little on LinkedIn, I think, and obviously talked a good bit about golf in general. And uh, I think the humanity, the personality that you bring to the brand is something that's unique in our space. So I'm curious, because you're not a content guy by like history. No, Tell us, how'd you get into this stuff? What's the backstory on this? Yeah, which I haven't forgotten the Eagles conversation. So
1: we'll circle back to that. (laughs) As far as content creation goes, from my background, it was logistics, about nine and a half years at Night Swift, all operations driven, and talent acquisition the last two years that I was there. But when we started up Freightvana, it was kind of just something that we needed to kind of address head on in terms of brand awareness and kind of bringing some things up to the forefront abruptly, right? You know, we didn't really have time to kind of sit around and, and wondering how we're going to take off with the brand. So being talent acquisition and overseeing that here at Freightvana... It was kind of a no-brainer to tackle that and tag-team them together on our side with it. So I just kind of just took it on and just kind of saw what would happen there. And if something would float, it was a good thing. If something would sink, we were embracing it. But uh, that's kind of the gist of how I kind of came into this world.
0: And you've been doing this for two years? Yeah, Yeah, we started June 21st of 2021. Okay. And so coming in as content guy and recruiting, you know, with responsibilities for recruiting, um, what were some of the influences into what you wanted to build Vana into as a brand and how you all structure what content looks like for your company?
1: Yeah, I think initially my thoughts of jumping into the content creation world is kind of daunting, especially when it's something that you don't have any inclination of. You've never been guided in that realm to a certain extent. So for me, I just kind of put myself in the driver's seat of saying, what are some of the things that I enjoy in my pastime and my free time? some of the things that I followed or some of the things that are kind of taking place that are are eye-catching. And so we just kind of all sat in that seat for a little bit. And we didn't really um, start whiteboarding things until the first couple of weeks because we were truly analyzing some of the things that we enjoyed from a brand experience. What was the mission going to be? So we kind of just sat there. And for me, as I told you, Barstool was my big, my poster child, if you will, of how I wanted to kind of get it off the ground. In this space that we are, it's very outdated in terms of the marketing approach, the social presences of all the brands that are kind of out there. So what we were going to do is essentially was going to be, hey, it's just a kind of a motion of faith there It's just saying, hey, if it takes off, but if not, we're not going to run from it because ultimately it's who we want to be. So that was kind of more of that dedication factor of when we kind of took off. It was, hey, we're convicted into into this model of of characters, I guess, right? It's real. It's authentic. It's day to day, which I think is the other aspect of what people like. And when I say day to day, yeah, we do have things that are kind of campaign trails and we have outlined you know, certain things on the calendar. But ultimately, we show up every single day of just kind of experiencing what's happening out there on the floor. If there's specific topics that are taking place. So that's kind of where a lot of our creative freedom kind of comes from, is we do show up every single day ready to pump content out based on what the actual current climate situation is, whether it's industry-related, culture for us internally. That was kind of just the basic model. So Barstool was that, that poster child that we kind of wanted to start essentially copycatting to a certain extent.
0: Yeah. It's surprising to me that someone, and of course, it's because you had the ambition and the risk appetite and the support of the organization, but... Like the supply chain and the trucking and the brokerage, or, you know, industries yeah. are, make so much sense to me for that specific. Cause like you said, you like that, that genre of content. And I would say so does a huge percentage of the people that you're recruiting or selling to. And so yeah. it's just, it's interesting. Now you're seeing it more. I think Waves has backed the truck up. They're trying to do some similar things, but you know, it's not easy to do. So how did you, obviously what you've done over the last couple of years has had impact in your business. And I want to hear about that, but in terms of like setting it up, how did you get organizational buy-in? Like, how did you start talking to people about like, Hey, I'm going to develop these characters and set like that takes more buy-in than just like a marketing or a content person deciding that for the organization.
1: Great question. But ultimately it came down to our executive leadership team. We have three, three, three executives that are part of this brand. Two of them are, two, are our co-founders, Shannon and John, and then Don, who is our CTO. The joy about working with them is the true aspect of them giving us keys every single day and saying, hey, I don't care what it is, right? The, the cliche statement of drive it. I don't care where it goes. You guys are in charge of it. So that ultimately, they're the epitome of that. And so when we started it off, as I mentioned, it was, hey, what do we want to be? And, and whatever that may be, we're okay with it. We're giving you that creative freedom to, to kind of start... Doing that for us, right? And the buy in aspect came in immediately too. For me, I was a little apprehensive because I had some very edgy type of approaches that I wanted to push content out there for. And when you're brand new, you have to be very strategic, right? You only have one impression essentially yep. to kind of make it out there. So, our first one that we did was a very friendly type of poke and also a very friendly, funny one. It was just a picture of our six guys in operations and saying, Hey guys, we're new here. First load is. A flatbed load of motorcycle doors, just poking the bear, right? There's no motorcycle doors. It's just kind of there. And that was kind of our introduction to the world. And that did rub some people internally with us the wrong way because they were like, Hey, our first post, we want to be a joke. Like this is how we want to come off. And so I had to kind of navigate that internally amongst them of saying, Hey, this is the ultimate vision. I know this is our first post. This is something completely different. It's unique in terms of where we came from in our past life from corporate America. And I just, I'm just asking you guys to bear with me for a couple of months, right? Until we get some takeoff. So that's kind of where we lived. So I would say the internal portion of it, of just making sure that we're all aligned on those visions. I think that's, that was one of the big things and also getting the feedback from everybody internally, right? When you're starting to be edgy and you're starting to really kind of push the envelope in a different light, um, it, it takes a lot of courage to go out there and be that one to do it. But when you have people that are surrounding you and they're also behind you saying, yeah, this is hilarious. Let's get this out there. Hey, this is something that we think is unique. Let's do that. That gives me more of the confidence to start kind of saying, all right, this is the angle we want to go, right? We want to be culture driven. That's the majority of the content I oversee. I'm just trying to paint pictures for people on the outside of saying, okay, this looks like a fun place to work. The, you know, They're all adults. They get treated like adults. Ultimately, we're in an industry that's kind of, you know, like we talked about, outdated. But Let's just have fun while we do it. And that's kind of where it kind of just started to snowball. And those creators and those actual content creators that we talked about, those characters, the best part about them are is that they're not characters. These are all individuals that are literally what you see is what you get. The Jesse's, the Ricky's, the Lars, the Shannon's even for our CEO. These are exactly who they are. And it resonates with people because it's real. It's not cookie cutter. It's not fake stock imagery of corporate America. Like this is the real deal here. And we're just showing it for what it is. So. I would say long form there. I'm sorry, a little long winded, but no, that was great. Kind of that was, that was just the backing that I got essentially from the executive leadership team.
0: You have that post somewhere, the motorcycle doors. Like, have you like framed that out or anything? I like?
1: haven't. No, um, myself, I hate going back and looking at old content. I'm the worst. I'm sure. It. I it's so cringe for me to go back and look at them. <laughs> I know that's not that's not a good thing to do in the content world. You want to learn from it, but for me, it's like post and then see you later. Like, I don't look back at it. So. No, I'm sure it's buried down there in our first LinkedIn Instagram post, <laughs> but
0: yeah, no, not for me. So you talked a little bit there about the fact that your team, the cast members, so to speak, they're not really okay. characters. They're just pretending, you know, they're just being themselves, but organizationally blocking and tackling, like take us into how do you, because so there's doing content and then there's doing what you all are doing, which is like this hybrid, almost reality social, um, you know, development. It, you, you, the way that you're doing content is completely different than 99% of the other companies out there. And to your point, it's you do have the personalities and it is organic. But from a bro- blocking and tackling standpoint, how can other marketers learn from that model and have those conversations internally when they're talking to people who maybe either could be personalities or could be p- participants in the content in some way?
1: Yeah. And That's something that I've kind of been sitting on for the last couple months too, because I came from that world that literally had that kind of roadblock, right? It was stay in the sandbox. Corporate messaging needs to stay the same. We're all aligned. No outside voices to kind of have a platform. So for me, I would say, obviously, when you're in startup world, you have more flexibility, right? There's less caution tape. So I would say there's that added advantage. But as the honeymoon phases start to end... And we start to grow out and we have our headcount starting to get larger and larger, right? We also have to be co- or cognizant of exactly those types of things from outside parties, investors, potential shareholders, potential customers, all of those things that really do have, you know, that weigh on us that we were probably more inclined to say in the early couple months where we were like, hey, we have nothing to worry about. So what is there, right? How do we continue on with that same type of mindset, but still be mindful of all the things that are taking place in, in the next evolution of our company? I think, long story short, what I've kind of come back to is just keeping communication open with your employees itself. I think there are specific roles in organizations, specifically in our industry, that you should be taking advantage of the marketing aspect or creating these individuals that can be out there creating brand awareness or creating some of these like types of individuals that, that truly represent the brand, whether it's on their personal side or if you want to give them a company account and you pay for their premium side on LinkedIn treating them like an adult, giving them brand awareness to say, hey, I don't care if you're under this specific umbrella of the company. We want you to go out because the ROI on that is, is hard to track in certain cases. But at the end of the day, it's still traffic that's being brought back towards your actual banner that you fly. So for me, I would say be communicative over exactly what the vision is. What does it look like? If it's something that is completely an outlier and it's not familiar with the actual brand itself or the executives that are overseeing it, Paint a good picture for them, right? Show them exactly the examples of what it is that you're trying to do. If there is a an individual that you're kind of seeing some examples that are similar, show them exactly what that looks like. What is the angle you want to take on it? How do you want to kind of warp it and become your own and have your own impression on it? So I think ultimately it comes down to your situation that you're in. I think at the end of the day, if you want to be part of a large corporation in inside the trucking industry, it's going to be hard. Let's just be real. It's hard. There's so many things that take place that really do set roadblocks for people, but this new wave that we have, we're all converging right now at the end of the road and we're all forking right at that why. Either this new wave is going to ride together or this old school mythology is branching out and going, it, or we're eventually just going to ride down the same path and understand that this industry is changing in a positive way. The marketing aspect, the social elements of it, the hiring aspect of things, remote lifestyle that we all have part of this, everything is changing. And that doesn't just mean for the brokerage side and the, and the transportation side, the customers too, the ship sites, all of these things are all part of it. So it's fun to be part of this new wave because it's the infancy stages of it. And we're just kind of excited to see what still
0: transpires for her. So some practical stuff, like you mentioned, maybe giving a team member a LinkedIn with premium on it. Yeah, Are you going as so far as to... Or when you talk about f- conveying vision, conveying messaging, are you going so far as to say, hey, these are the themes we want to talk about or emphasize as a team on LinkedIn? Or are you, like, I know some companies will say like, hey, here's a bank of content that you can use and customize on your, for your own. Do you all do any of that type of thing or anything that, that aren't? No, no, we haven't
1: put any types of restraints on anybody. Obviously, we want to be very transparent of who we are. And we also are transparent about exactly, you know, not pushing the wrong buttons politically. Just kind of the certain climates that we know that we don't want to be part of. But ultimately, at the end of the day too, I have individuals that are out there that have their own brands, right? They're not being paid for on the premium side. This is their own platform. And, And we have internal discussions, it seems like every other week about, you know, hey, these are the angles that I want to go. This is the audience I'm going to be targeting. So we just say, hey, go ahead. And if you need assistance with anything, we'll be here to support it. But we aren't sitting there creating internal posts or internal communication saying, hey, we need to add a new character by, you know, quarter two of next year. It's sure I'm being kind of more of the outside person kind of taking that thousand foot view of saying, all right, who is active on LinkedIn? That's part of the Freightvana squad right now on their own time. And then I just kind of keep an eye on it. And we have one individual that's kind of been blossoming, if you will, a little bit more and more that we're about to introduce out there to the LinkedIn world under, on behalf of Freightvana that we've been grooming for about a month and a half now dissecting exactly who his audience wants to be. What's the content look like? Long form, short form, video, all of these things. That way we're kind of blueprinting for him what has worked, what hasn't worked, but also learning also from his experience, because it's something that's new. And this is the first true identity of somebody that we're unveiling from an operations perspective. All the other characters are either recruiting, sales, the things that go hand in hand because of their department and their organizations that they represent. This is truly going to be one of the first ones that we have that's representing operations, account management, and all that good stuff. So it's a grooming phase, a courtship, if you will, of just saying, hey, we're not just going to throw you out there to throw you out there. We want to be strategic in this. We want to set you up for some success. But ultimately, these are the things that you're going to be failing at early on. That way, it's just not a shell shock moment. Like, it's okay. You're not going to get, you know, a couple thousand views on the first post, you're not going to get a lot of engagement or impressions. That's okay. You have to build that audience first. So very organic, very grassroots of what we want to do with it.
0: Yeah. And with the long view in mind too, I think is what it sounds like. And it sounds like that's organizationally accepted, which is huge for you being able to build that platform. We've kind of talked a little bit about, or to this point about the LinkedIn side. So more of the business side or B2B side, but you also manage the driver recruiting side of things as well. How does that content change when you're focused more to drivers? Like I'll give you an example. We have a client called Oakley Trucking. They have about 800 drivers. And so they have their kind of more business content. And then one of the ways they've been able to extend is they hire some of their drivers as their own influencers, folks who have already existing YouTube followings or whatever. What are you seeing that's working on the driver side?
1: Yeah. So let me just kind of clear this up. We have no driving associates. We have all of our trailers out there. So our power only solution, that's our Freightvana X program. So we are giving third-party carriers the opportunity to have mesh points between our customer base and ultimately creating trailer pools on our equipment. So when it comes to the content surrounding the actual driving community, I think it's, it's getting them involved firsthand, right? So not just kind of saying like, oh, this is drivers still image of it or a quote from them. It's like, Hey, no, if you're in Phoenix, let us know if you're at one of our trailer pool sites or anything like that, can we show up first and foremost, are you okay with us actually creating that content surrounding the drivers? Cause a lot of transportation companies don't want to be affiliated to brokerages or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's affecting the relationships from outside of those things. So we want to be cognizant of that. So if they sign off on it, then it's getting them engaged hundred percent of the time, having them part of the video, you know, formatting that or whatever the content is that we're driving around those specific scenes. That has helped, right? Because it's putting real world situations in those other driver's seats and saying, okay, hey, this is a real company. They're treating people with respect. You know, it looks like they have a good time while they're doing it. They market the hell around their trailers, right? Because that's our assets. Those are outside of our colleagues being the biggest assets. Our equipment is out there, right? We got over, you know, 550 plus trailers around nationwide that we want to make sure is being marketed to, to, to the extent that we can. So we want to make sure that we're creating some fun things around it. We want to create some serious things around it, some white page types of approaches for for our sales group, but ultimately not just kind of just keeping it one down one lane. We open the suite of things, how we want to create the content where we had some individuals that have created stuff, you know, more of like the love aspect of things, right? So they have certain songs that they want to put on there behind it. (laughs) But ultimately, it comes down to you know we treat the driving community just as if we're trying to treat you know potential candidates that want to work for Freightvana on the corporate side. They're humans. Treat them like humans. Don't BS it. Don't try and fluff things. Right. Paint a picture for truly what it is because people can smell BS a mile away. And I told you the example is just like you know Amazon reviews. People go to those reviews first before they buy into product because they want to hear exactly what they're getting into. Same thing applies, right? We want to make sure that we're doing the exact same thing for every, all aspects outside of the walls, investors, potential candidates, drivers, sure. all
0: of that stuff. Sure. Love that. So you talked earlier about, you know, the fact that your business is changing. You, I mean, everything is changing, but your business specifically is changing. You're, you're growing, you're evolving. You're not like the completely risk-free <laughs> startup anymore. You've got big boy responsibilities, et cetera. How do you keep yourself from becoming too safe or becoming the thing that you know you left in terms of that very controlled corporate content and continuing to take risks and find the edge of what is going to be working for you and for your community
1: yeah long story the best answer is we stick to our values and i won't go into those because those are made for more of the internal aspect those are some of the only things that we truly keep in-house for specific reasons but we have one of our individuals that, that represents Freight Vana, she's our project management leader. Her name is Sherry Hobbs. She created our principles and our values surrounding basically all of us. So, when we first started, we left Night Swift with 22 of us. And ultimately, we just sat there for the first couple of months, whiteboarding what our culture looks like. What do we want to do from all aspects, right? What does that encompass? So, she created all of these things that were representative. For all of the individuals, not just from what the three executives wanted. She listened, she asked, we all kind of went through these motions of saying the things that we felt that we wish that we had, doesn't matter what walk of life you came from. What were some of those things that, we, that you wish that you could have transpired in, in your past life? And so we started there. And that was crucial because those were the serious things, right? Those were the needle movers. Those are the whys that were all what we wanted to do. So ultimately, when it comes to moving forward, we aren't a reactionary hire type of place. We are very strategic. We're very picky with who we want to bring on, right? We don't want ten of the same individuals. If we want automated stuff, we would be a full-on tech company, and we would just go that route. We want the human element there, which means also we're going to bring the human element when it comes to the hiring process. So everybody is unique in their own different in their own skin, their own avatar, if you will, at Freyvana, and we just kind of make sure that we keep it specific towards those all of the avatars that are in house. Um, we want to make sure that we're giving individuals a place that they can come and have a voice at all times. And we're very you know, encouraging about that, of saying, hey, give your experiences out there. Make sure that you're, it's not always just positive. Share your struggles, because that's exactly what people need to hear. That's the real world. Not everybody's walking around with Ws on their chest. There's a lot more Ls than there are Ws. And so we just wanted to make sure that we stay there. So as we move forward, we want to make sure that we're holding true to our values and our principles. We're making sure that we're bringing unique people on every single day, and we're showing up and we're one of one. That is what we want to be. We are one of one every single day. Love that.
0: And that, sure. that'll make sure that you never standardize or become too uniform if that's the criteria of, yeah. of what success is. Okay. So I've spent a lot of time, obviously, kind of gassing up this whole thing, gassing up this process. I obviously believe in it, but tell us about outcomes. Like, is this working? Are you all happy? Like, does the bit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. obviously, it's great conceptually, but. How have things been going or any wins that you can share knowing that losses exist too?
1: Yeah, no, no. It's been an exciting journey to say the least over the last couple of months or last year and a half. For us, I think internally, when you see the success or the early success that we've kind of had to kind of get the brand going, that's where we get that extra excitement of saying what's the next evolution how do we want to keep evolving how do we keep stepping that bar up even more and more to where people are saying like how do they have time for all of this where do they get all of this stuff right everything is internal for us so the next evolution for us is you know to kind of to give you a sneak peek we're going to start introducing a lot more podcasting into the industry awesome so we probably yeah so we should have five to six more new podcasts coming out this year And those are all different individuals as well. So whether they have a a weird niche outside of work, whatever their current situation is, whatever organization they're part of here, um, they're ultimately going to be tying that back into corporate America here at Freightvana, industry-related as well. So I would say podcasting, creating some new characters, if you will, we're going to be adding to the mantle in terms of that. But the wins, I would say, being able to internally navigate amongst everybody and not wonder, hey, I wonder if we're, on the, where we're rowing in the same direction. You know, wondering if we're going to have somebody just kind of pop off one day and just say, oh, you know, we, that's why the guardrails guard are up in a lot of locations and they kind of <laughs> block this type of traffic. I think having this situation for the first time in my life professionally, and even personally too, um, I have clarity. I mean, I have true clarity on what we're doing at all times. I'll go certain days where I don't talk to a lot of the other content creators, but like, as soon as we do, it's like nothing ever missed. We didn't miss a beat. Hey, we're going exactly this angle next week. Perfect. Let's do it. I think that just that clarity and showing up every day fulfilled might sound cliche. Not all of us are here for the back. You know, we left situations that we were very, you know, comfortable in, but ultimately we all take steps backwards in order to be happy with where we're currently at right now. And I wouldn't change that for the world. And I think the 23 other individuals that came here with us as well would say the exact same thing. The fulfillment factor is probably the, the biggest outlier. Knowing that you're showing up every single day, creating blueprints for the years to come, and we're not leaving that certain foundation and moving to the next one until that brick and mortar is laid. That's the, the true inspiration that we get every single day. So hopefully that kind of answers your question there. I think the fulfillment yeah, absolutely. aspect is, is something that
0: we all enjoy. Yeah. If I'm taking one thing away from this conversation, it's that you can't have a unique content execution or a unique, you know, go to market strategy without a unique culture. It sounds like you all have just really poured into a phenomenal culture there. Even what you were describing earlier about having that group in the room from day one, spending time, not, you know, even when you said it there for a second, if I'm honest, I was like, whoa, they weren't out beating down doors, you know, trying to get like, that's that speaks to the differentiation that you all have, and then that's why some of these things are all natural outflows of that in terms of content. So it's,
1: you said it best, and I, I think to answer a couple of questions ago, you said like well, the return, right? What, how do you gauge these things? And I think for us early on, when I tackled the content scene and buckling that up underneath my umbrella that I oversee as well, the talent acquisition side. Having individuals come in and saying, hey, I saw you because of this TikTok, or I saw you because of this post, or hey, I saw you because of Jesse's post, or Ricky, whatever our content is, that right there is just driving it back and showing us exactly, hey, all of that hard work, all of that stuff that you're putting into the content, is the benefits are coming back for it. So having that and giving those case studies back to John and Shannon and Don, who are our executives, and saying like, hey, this is where they came from, or this is the pipeline that they originated from. That's the importance of it. And they see it and they believe in it even more than what they originally were. And then that next layer that you peel that layer back one more time, it's like, all right, what's the next evolution? Where do we want to go here now? So
0: yeah, it's pretty cool seeing all of it. Awesome, man. Last question for you, which will allow me to skirt other issues for the <laughs> moment. Which happens first? Mike McCarthy gets fired or the Eagles make it back to the Super Bowl? Mike McCarthy gets fired. And wait, that was too easy. Yeah, I, yeah, that or, was, Yeah, that's. <laughs>
1: how about this I, one? Well, no, nah, I'm gonna leave you alone. These are tender times for you right now. I'm not gonna beat you up. I'm gonna let you have your moment. You went to the ship. I get it. It's cool. You had your day, but now guess what? Reality's back. The boys are back. True. The big stars. I don't show know. If the boys are back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if the boys are back, but yeah, no, we. We talked to just days before the Super Bowl, and you (laughs) were—you gave me the most quarter-hearted, you know, good luck I've ever gotten, and I I appreciate that from a division rival. Like that's how it should be.
1: That is, man. And like I said, uh, we—it's been you know over 30 years since I've seen the last one. So anybody that wants to knock on Cowboys fans, like, hey, we're sitting in misery, and we have been. (laughs) So
0: don't be too hard on us. So. Awesome. We appreciate you doing this, Josh. Next time we'll get the tech working a little easier. And the haters are furious that we got this done. So I'm glad to get those
1: shades on. Put those shades on, man. They can't affect us. So
0: I appreciate you and all the time, brother. All right, I'll catch you soon.
1: And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this episode of Content is for Closers. We hope you find this show really helpful as you grow your business with content. Maybe you know of other people who would find this show helpful as well. How about you send them our way? If you didn't like this show and you want to tell us that, then you can head over to contentisforclosers.com where you can send us a message, give us some feedback, ask questions, or find detailed notes for every episode. Until next time, keep creating and keep closing.